He is one of the few people in the world who speaks faster than me on the radio. He speaks at 80 miles per hour, sometimes gusting to 160. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today we're going to have a friend of mine, Pete O'Shea. He uh, was one of the people that was instrumental in getting me uh, to really uh, be successful in the radio area. I was on his radio show back in the day when I had only one radio station back in Honolulu, Hawaii that carried our show. And when we were done with our one hour together, the uh, station manager came in and said, hey, I heard you have a radio show. Loved what you guys did there. We'd like to have your radio show on our station too. And that was WTIS Inspiration Radio 1110 in St. Pete, Florida. And I remember the Lord had given me actually a vision, a very clear clarity in my soul that there'd be a fire started in Hawaii and a fire started in Florida and then it would flood uh, throughout the mainland. And that's really what's happened. We had a radio show in, in Honolulu and a radio show in St. Pete. And now we're on over 300 radio stations on the EWTN radio network. We're on Sirius 130. And also we're on so many different, every kind of podcast app you can imagine. Uh, by the way, I think most people really like to listen to our show via podcast, or a lot of people do. Uh, they can listen to all of our shows are on the podcast. For example, if you have the iTunes podcast app, uh, you can listen to all 100 of our radio shows that are posted up there uh, while you're working out, while you're driving. If you if you need to go, if you need something to help go to sleep, I suppose I'd probably be pretty good at uh, boring you to, to into sleep. Maybe I don't know, but the podcast app. The podcasts are a byproduct of this radio show. So about a week or so after the, the radio show is broadcast, you'll find that week's radio show up on all those podcasts. So you can listen anywhere in the world. So your friends can listen to it. You can go to the EWTN uh, app. Uh, my father uh, lives in an area of Minnesota right now where he can't listen to my uh, show on regular radio, but he listens to it. He's 84 years old, and Greg Wozniak listens to it. <clears throat> he knows how to use an uh, uh, iPhone app, and he listens to it live uh, that way uh, via audio streaming. So you can uh, share our show with your friends and, uh, and help encourage people that you think might need a breath of fresh air. Sheila Logminas uh, had me on her show last week, and again and again and again she said he's an evangelist that can reach people that would not normally be reachable. And, and maybe that's true. I think we have a kind of a unique voice. And so we would love for you to um, get your friends to listen in. One of the things you can do, the most effective things you can do is go to our website, deepadventure.com. And in the radio area, we have our archive shows and you can click on a button there and post those to Facebook and email them to your friends. And uh, so people that who would not normally listen to a Christian-type show, might listen to this kind of a show, especially today. Uh, my friend Pete O'Shea is with me. And Pete O'Shea, like I say, he speaks faster than I do, so it's quite amazing. Uh, but we have a similar background in the fact that both of us, I had about 15 to 20 years of fortitude that were required because of a serious back injury. And I think he had about that same amount of time. And then through miraculous means, uh, God healed us both. The gift of fortitude, the virtue of fortitude, to me is kind of like a fullback lowering his head and running over people. 
Whereas the virtue of hope is more like a wide receiver lifting his hands and looking up, you know. The Bible says that he is the glory and the lifter of my head. But there may be people right now that are listening to this that are facing extreme trials. Uh, and the Bible, But the Bible actually says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. In other words, I mean, Jesus was all God and all man. But in his humanity, not that he uh, ever disobeyed, but he developed the virtue of, of, of obedience as a human in his human nature by dealing with adversity. Uh, adversity is our, one of the best instructors we can have in life. And uh, suffering is a great teacher. I remember when I was uh, testing for my first uh, ninja black belt, uh, my sensei would, put, would help me out when I was doing, I had to do 100 push-ups. And he would really, he was great at helping me out. The way he helped me was he would push down on my shoulders while I was trying to do push-ups. And when I would struggle, he would say, anyone can do one more thing of anything, one more of anything. So when, you're, when I pedaled my bicycle across the United States from San Diego to Jacksonville, Florida, I knew I could do one more pedal stroke. When I paddled my surfboard across the most treacherous, one of the most treacherous channels in the world between Molokai and the island of Oahu, 10 hours and 19 minutes with only six minutes of rest, I knew I could do just one more paddle stroke. So if you're facing right now tremendous adversity, I'll look up and ask the Lord for his help and grow in the virtue of fortitude, believing uh, two weeks ago, I had my book was due, I had a, several radio shows that were due, my first reality show was almost done, and I had to do a huge computer uh, software transformation in my office. And it was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do all this. And I would ask the Lord, I would, say, I would remember the prayer, the Lord, is my, the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And for some reason that verse just kept coming to me, and I can't believe how, I guess I can believe, just the reservoir of joy and strength that I had facing one of the most challenging uh, times I've had this year in terms of just fo- needing to be pursuing the virtue of fortitude. So God is there with us. Uh, one of the things about adversity, John, uh, King David said, it was the motto for my first black belt, lead me to the rock too high to climb and I will climb it. So God allows us to, cha- to, to face the Goliath so we can learn to trust in him and see him work and move through us. So we're going to be right back with one of my great friends, Pete O'Shea. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. International Deep Adventure Radio. All across the nation, people are tuning in to truth on the EWTN radio network. Even though I am a Southern Baptist, I love my local Catholic radio station, and I recommend it to all my friends, Catholic and non-Catholic. Since I joined the church a decade ago, access to Catholic radio has been a must for me and my family. To have EWTN broadcasting locally with such faith-filled and wholesome programs is a real blessing. To find out more, go to EWTN.com slash radio. I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. 
If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. I'm Al Cresta, and I'm listening to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today, we are going to have a blast. Today, today we're going to have so much fun. I'm with someone that actually kind of helped me get started in radio. He really inspired me. He kept telling me over and over again, Bear Wozniak, you need to be doing radio. Bear Wozniak, you need to be doing radio. I mean, he just so encouraged me. And finally, he just said, Pete O'Shea, why do you think that I should be doing radio? And he said, have you looked in the mirror lately? You certainly don't want to be doing television. So yeah, he always let me know I had a I had a face for radio, and uh, you know also it, it is interesting that Pete O'Shea doesn't do TV either. He likes to call himself the Silver Fox only because he wants to imply that he has hair, and he does have a full good head of hair. We have with us the Silver Fox, Pete O'Shea. He is on Inspiration Radio WTIS in Tampa, Saint Pete. Uh, he hosts. So we want to welcome back to our show the ever-controversial Pete O'Shea. Aloha, Pete. Welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, Mr. Bear Wozniak. What's up, my brother? Hey, I, I, I know you're feeling a lot of pressure right now being on my radio show. Well, you know, you're such a legend in your own mind, and uh, it's painful to watch as you spiral out of control. And so I just didn't want to go down with the ship is what it really comes down to. And so I'm just going to do my best to stay out of the carnage and not become collateral damage. Well, you know, Pete O'Shea, the host of, you have two radio shows on WTIS 1110 Inspiration Radio there in Tampa and St. Pete, right? You have That's two of them every day. Is the second one just in case you blew it on the first one, you get a second chance, or what is that? It's basically a do-over is what it is. No, it's, uh, it's two uh, uh, radically different radio shows, but uh, the first one is the Today Show for Jesus, basically, and the second one is the Tonight Show for Jesus. So I'm Matt Lauer for two hours, then I'm Jay Leno after that. So I quickly go into a phone booth, and I spin around and come back out, and I'm another guy. So you go in dressed as Matt Lauer? Correctly, and, and, you, and, and I kind of do the show kind of like he would do it, kind of tonight, to today's show, but for a Jesus spin. And then uh, we spin it around, and the 11 o'clock show, I come back out, uh, and they pull me out, pull the curtain back, and I come out, and I do my little monologue, and we go. So it's two really big-time different shows uh, to cater to the different audiences so everybody gets a little bit of what they want. You know, We try to give everybody a little bit of what they want, just a little bit, a little taste. Just to, I mean, Because there's no way they can handle the, the all of what Pete O'Shea has to give them. You can't even fit it into the screen or into the microphone. You can't fit all who I am in one microphone. It can't be done. We tried it. We tried it. It's like trying to squeeze 64 pounds into a three-pound bag is what it really comes down to. And it just the bag tears and rips, and it's a mess. It's just ugly. So I've been uh, there. I've seen that, Pete. I've seen it. I've gotten to be on your show several times. And you know what this is? This is payback. This time you're on the other end, and I get to ask you questions. Well, you go right ahead and give it your best shot there, tough guy. I'm not as scared of you. Okay, well, I want to ask you what the square root of... No, I wouldn't even know how to start to ask that. Oh, hey. yeah, wow. <laughs> but, Pete, you I'm know... I'm going to socks off trying to add that up. You know, you and, I have, you and I have something really great in common besides being so good looking. We both have had a miraculous healings of our backs. Yeah. So in that regards, we're like... Um, I mean, if you haven't had the type of pain... Uh, that Pete and I were both experiencing uh, in our lives, the kind that just, you know, it, it consumes your whole being. It, the pain, a back pain uh, can be so all-consuming that it just stops you in your tracks. I know for 
weeks on end, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. And when I did, I was, it was hard to keep a happy disposition because I was suffering. I, mine only la- I, for 13 years, and then I was miraculously healed uh, uh, in a moment. And Pete O'Shea, you went through a, a, a different sort of miracle, but not, nevertheless, God totally uh, did something phenomenal and miraculous. Uh, tell us about what you were going through and how, how God eventually delivered you from that. First again, you hit it so right on the head, brother. You, unless you've had that back pain, you have no idea what it does to you. You know, it's the epicenter of your body, and so everything gets hurt when you hurt your back, and everything falls apart. All the nerves that go to the vital organs in your body no longer send the impulses they're supposed to. So it isn't just a back problem you wind up having. You know, uh, you wind up having uh, kidney problems and liver problems, and for my case, pancreas and leg problems and uh, digestive problems and. Uh, and that, and that makes it hard for, I don't want to hear about the bathroom problems, Pete, please. It might be. Well, it's part but, of life, brother. You got to go, you got to go. <laughs> but what I want to say is that it, that means it's problems for everyone in your life, too. Oh, uh, your misery. Everyone gets dragged down. Everybody yeah, you're not able to give, give as you would like to give. And I remember um, having to ask my children to do things for me that I would much rather have done for myself because just, it just hurts so much just to, just to change positions, you know. And so what did that, didn't that bring you to a point? I know for me, I, I, it brought me to a point of total hopelessness. And, and yet it, in time, it brought me to a place of just saying, well, God, you know, I know that you can do anything you want. And if this is what you want my life to be, you know, if that's, if, if by my embracing uh, suffering uh, and growing in fortitude and hope, um, if that's what it takes for me to become more like Christ, then, then so be it. I trust in you, though. If you choose to that, I know there's no doubt in my heart that you could heal me. But you get to that point of just feeling hopeless almost, right? Oh, there's no doubt. The hopelessness runs rampant at some point when you've had it long enough. I suffered 17 years. And at the end, brother, I couldn't even cut my own meat. I couldn't get out of a chair by myself. I couldn't tie my own shoe. And you but can't that, But that was true before that. you had the back problem, wasn't it? Well, I, I, mean, I did the bunny rabbits before that. If you taught me the bunny rabbits and I remembered it, I could do it. But, uh, yeah, I wore a lot of loafers, that's for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, that's what you got to do. You just got to wear a lot of loafers. I couldn't even see my shoes most of the years, too, because I was pretty chunky. So I had to just take your word for it that I was wearing shoes. Well, that's because when you when you have a back problem, you can't exercise. And, and so you, it just wreaks havoc on... On your weight condition, too. I know I had a real weight challenge when I had a, a back problem. And that just makes to, it worse. It makes it so much worse. I was up to 345 pounds uh, at the end there, which basically means that, you know, uh, they just brought the truck back and I shoveled the food in. And, and I was eating so fast I was making sparks with the knife and the fork. Uh, people come running in the room while I was eating. They thought I was watching Riverdance. It turns out I was just having a snack. Uh, you know, and I got up on the scale and the scale said, well, why don't you please get off? Uh, you know, those kinds of things were happening because it's all about that. It all comes down to, you said the word hopeless. You get so hopeless from it. You, the pain is so So you, you almost give up, right? You just do give up because you don't see an end in sight to it. It never, every single day, as soon as you wake up, the first thing you see, the first thing you feel is pain. And the first thing you see is that you have a big belly and that you can barely move and that you can't function and that you just want to die. And you get suicidal and pain, when it's properly converted, uh, turns into anger for the most part, at least it did for me. And I was very angry and very easy to, you know, blow off the handle or very easy to have a grudge or a problem, a beef with somebody. I was always having beefs with people because I didn't have the right perspective on life because everything was so dour, everything was so gray, everything was so bitter and bad 
that that's how every interaction in life became also, you know? And so you found yourself isolated in so many instances because everybody kind of backed off or ran away from you. In the book that I wrote, Pain Was My Friend, I say, it looks like the, you know, like when you make a a movie and then you put it in slow-mo backwards and you see everybody kind of, that's the way my life was. Everybody was moving backwards in slow-mo away from me uh, because they couldn't handle uh, what I had become, the, 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 the horrible creature that I had become, the, you know, literally a monster that I had become because pain just uh, just overwhelmed me and it kicked my butt. It really did. Pain kicked my butt for many years. It really did. Well, at that time, uh, were you, did you have any sort of relationship with God? Well, it's very interesting because I grew up with a very strong relationship with him. My, my mother instilled it in us and we went to church all the time. We were involved in every activity the church did. I went to Catholic school my whole life. I never saw the inside of a private school my entire education, even college. I went to four years at St. John's. So I never saw a public school and I was very deep in my faith. But when the accident I was 19, and the guy slams into me. Dude, once in my whole life, I'm minding my own business, doing nothing wrong, and this guy has to slam into me. And I wake up in an ambulance and then in the hospital for weeks, and I'm told I have a broken spine and I have a spondylolisthesis. And I'm saying to myself, what the heck is that? The guy said it to me. I said, God bless you. I thought he was sneezing. I didn't know he was telling me what was wrong with me. you know. And it means the whole vertebrae has popped out of line and come to the sides. So I got really angry at God. I blamed him for it. I, I did. And it's wrong. I know that now. But then I seemed very righteous in my anger to me. You ever see, you've seen Forrest Gump. You know the scene where Lieutenant Dan first loses his legs and he's in the hospital there and he's foaming at the mouth and he's screaming and flinging bud pans all over the place? That was me in the days following the uh, accident. I had four roommates in the first five days because everybody kept trying to get out of the hospital room that I was in because I was literally flinging bedpans and screaming and yelling. I couldn't move. And I was so angry at God. And so the relationship broke. You know, the relationship with him was severed. And I didn't see him anymore in my life. And I couldn't even think about that he was there. And obviously he was, or I'd still not be alive today. And the miracle healing he gave me was obviously from him. But in my mind at that point, he had abandoned me. And I kept saying to him, why? Why would you do this to me? I'm 19 years old. Why now? The doctor told me that he could collapse my spine with his thumb. Okay, and that I should go home and stay on Social Security and don't work and just be the state vegetable of New York, basically. Okay, and don't do anything and don't function. Don't go out. He said, you're a ticking time bomb, which was horrible. Bedside manner, by the way. I hit him in the head with a bedpan. Uh, and, you know, he needed it, sir. No, uh, but the response from all that to me emotionally and spiritually was devastating. I threw my soul away. I literally flung it into a, like, you know, like you, like you see garbage going across the top mound of a, of a dumpster or the top mound of a, uh, of a landfill. That was my soul. I, I just flung it away. Well, um, I, I've had to dodge some dead, some bedpans, I think, from you too, Pete, uh, here and there. But that's a, that's another story. Well, that no. was because I was hungry, and you had all the food. On yeah, I brought in the stuff. Cheetos. No, but Pete, you, I mean, you're a picture of health now. I mean, you're you're lean and mean, and um, uh, you're still not very good looking. But I mean, you've lost a. You know, you look good. You look healthy. You look. You know, every time I see you, in fact, I think I say that to you because you look more vibrant and healthy every time I I, I see you. But at some point, then you you came to an end. I mean, you all you had hit the, hit the, the skids. How did all this change for you? Well, it really is interesting the whole run of it, you know, because when you first get hurt at nineteen, you 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 want to run from it. So you alcohol and booze and drugs is what does it. You know, you you self medicate and you 
you know, try to control it, and that doesn't work. And then, uh, then it's food, and then it's uh, gambling, then it's whatever else, and you keep going from one addiction to the other, and you keep falling further and further apart, and you keep just, just literally coming to the point where, you know, you're done. You're not really even living. You're just existing. And that went all the way to 36, believe it or not. So 17 years of that, 17 years of that, till I hit the age of 36, and then. Um, that's when the miracle happened. That's when the vision occurred. Well, I got to tell you, you know, I got to tell you, Pete, it's a miracle that you weren't paralyzed every day that you were alive. It's a miracle you did. Weren't they very uh, concerned about you? Um, just one little thing happening wrong and you would be paralyzed. He said I could be sneezing and it could happen. He said, the doctor told me, he said, don't go out. Don't let anybody come up against you. Don't let anybody bang into you. You have the whole vertebrae out into the side and you can easily be paralyzed and you shouldn't move. You shouldn't go out of the house. Go on social security. He told me at 19 and stay in the house. So it is certainly a miracle from God that I want. I didn't wind up paralyzed. I mean, I should have. And I did everything I could to make it happen. Like sometimes subconsciously, sometimes consciously. Uh, everything they told me not to do. I kept playing basketball. I kept uh, drinking and partying and dancing around and doing all sorts of dumb stuff. And, and, and now, in retrospect, you can look at it and say it was a suicide attempt. And it was just get it over with. Let me be paralyzed already. Attempt, you know. I was I can't take it the pressure anymore. Just let's do, let's just let it be. Let's let it happen. It was what was going on. But then through the grace of God, it never did happen. All right, dude. I drove drunk a million times. I ran around. I was doing all sorts of things. I was still playing basketball with a with a spondylolisthesis and, and friends. Kazunai. You can't exactly. Uh, you can't do this. People kept saying to me, and I lost girlfriends over it. And I lost friends over it. My parents, everybody was so mad. My old man bought me a motorcycle helmet. I didn't even own a motorcycle. He said, "Just for walking around town, I want you to wear this motorcycle helmet, you nut job." Uh, because it was all happening. So through the grace of God, though, it never did happen that that nerve got cut and that um, and I'm I'm grateful for it now. And you couldn't see it at that time, though. You couldn't see it. I couldn't see what I was doing, and I couldn't see how the angels were literally protecting me. Like there was there was angelic bubble wrap around me yeah, the whole time, and I didn't even know it. You know, I didn't even know it. And that's a heck of a lot of bubble wrap, bro. I mean, we're talking about. You know, you could do those poppy things for like days with me. You know, there was that much bubble wrap on me. You know, you're talking about packing peanuts. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, well then what happened? What what you you you're at an end of yourself. Yeah. At, at what point did uh, did you see God intervene? It was uh, when the uh, I was doing stand-up comedy full-time at this point, and the, it was not possible for me to function on the road anymore. I couldn't do it, and the agency was giving me a hard time because I was skipping gigs and I was complaining about the pain and this and that. So they literally fired me, more or less. They told me, well, we're not going to give you any more work. We're not going to send you back out there, and I literally had nothing. I was done. I had no life. I had no other job. I didn't know what else I could do. So I went back to the same doctor who I threw the bedpan at 17 years earlier, the, the open surgeon. And, dude, it was the same waiting room. He had the same stinking magazines in there 17 years later. Okay? The same horrible pa paintings on the wall, right? The same horrible paintings, same people working there, the whole deal. And I go in, and he offers the same surgery again. Two-foot-wide incisions on both sides, screws in place, and a big giant thing in there, the whole thing. More screws than a home detail. Cut me open wide like a fish. And the same 50-50 odds that what he offered 17 years earlier. I said, you got to be kidding me. The New Yorker and me come out. I said, wait, you ain't hit the fairway on this thing yet? What the heck have you been doing all these years? Have you done any surgery since I left? Have you practiced on anybody? But I was desperate, bro, and I wanted to get my job back and my life back, so I signed up for the surgery, okay? I signed up for it, even though I knew it was wrong. And over the years, me and this guy hated each other. We would yell at each other violently over the years because he wouldn't give me any drugs, and he kept pushing me to do the surgery. So he and I hated each other. 
So I went home that night and I'm saying, oh my goodness, I just let a guy who hates me, I just signed up to have him gut me open. That sounds pretty stupid, you know? Right. And I knew I'd made a mistake, you know, out of desperation. So that night, bud, I had what you cannot call a dream. It was a vision. It was much crisper than a dream. It was like the difference between high definition television and regular television. Much more crisp, much the sound was much more powerful. And it was me in the operating table and the surgeon in there, and he had this like dust, dudley do, dastardly do right look on his face, like, <laughs> I'm going to get this guy now. Like he was going to just get me with the big giant knife. And I heard a voice, very soft, very, very melodious, very sweet voice say, Don't do it, Peter. Don't do it, Peter. Now I knew it was God, because only God and my mother call me Peter. Everybody else calls me Pete. So I knew right then it was God. And he said, There's a gifted one out there who does back surgery in a new way. I taught him a new way to do it. He's very gifted. And you're so, gifted. I taught you how to speak. I gave you the ability to communicate. So I want you to go and you find this man. Okay, you find this man who does the surgery that way and you tell him I sent you. And you tell him I said he's not only to give you the surgery, but he's to give you a job afterwards as his spokesperson. Okay, we got to break it right there. Right, we're, we're on the cliffhanger with Pete O'Shea, uh, my co-adventure guide. He's the host of, of two uh, live radio shows in Tampa State. Pete on WTIS 1110. Uh, we'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. This is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. Check out EWTN's official YouTube channel. Just follow the link on our homepage at EWTN.com or go to YouTube.com slash EWTN. Watch EWTN's live shows or today's homily from the Daily Mass. Click the upload button to see our most recent clips. You can also find all of EWTN YouTube content by clicking the playlist button. It's all on the official EWTN YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash EWTN. Visit today. I listened to you for about six months now, and you've really got my mind turning on my faith and my doctrine and my beliefs. Came to know Christ through a Pentecostal church, and just listening to the beliefs of the Catholic faith and had me really reflect on what I believed and what the truth was. So I'm kind of leaning. Making a difference. EWTN Radio. Surf's up. Real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Daniel Laboon Markham with this episode of Man Up. Lawlessness. It's what the Wild West in the late 1800s was known for, as out-of-work Civil War soldiers headed west for new opportunities, often with the use of a weapon being their primary skill, and violence an all-too-familiar cohort. Las Vegas, New Mexico was one of the wildest, meanest towns of the Old West, it being a gathering point at the end of the Santa Fe Trail for the lawless, just bad hombres, the likes of Rattlesnake Sam, Cockeyed Frank, Ike Clanton, Dirty Dave Rudabaugh, and Hyman G. Neal, a.k.a. Hoodoo Brown. Some of their names sound as bad as their reputations. Reminds me of the names of gang members I worked with on the Seattle waterfront in the 1970s. Names like Cisco Rabang and Jerry Rapata. But lawlessness is nothing new. Don't have to go any further than the morning newspaper. Noah, King David, and the Jews of Jesus' time under Roman tyranny were familiar with violence and lawlessness. Truth be known, rebellion and lawlessness reigns in all of our hearts. Jesus made that pretty clear. We just don't like fessing up to it. Jesus said that anger and hate from our own hearts expressed in violent words towards another is as serious as a sin of murder. He's up there, partner. All sin is lawlessness against God and man. Once a man violates God's rules and his are her own conscience, then rebellion and lawlessness have raised their ugly heads once again. 
Sure, we all want peace in the world, but perhaps we should first start with making peace with our maker and folks we're at odds with. Then perhaps we can rightly concern ourselves with world peace. This is Daniel DeBoon Markham at DanielDeBoonMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Surf's up, go deep or go home. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and I'm with today uh, a man who was instrumental in inspiring me and encouraged me and telling me that I could, could do my own radio show. I have with me a good friend of mine, Pete O'Shea. He's, a, he's the host of two different radio shows on WTIS Inspiration AM in Tampa, St. Pete. Uh, and Pete, I'm just so grateful that you would, you would join us. Aloha. Aloha, my buddy, and to everybody who listens to this show every week, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. No, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I'm so honored to be part of this show and to have been part of the genesis of this Deep Adventure Radio show because I love your message and I love your style, and I just think that you're such a great man of God, that uh, God was kind to me when he brought me into your life and and brought you into my life. And so... uh, Honored to be a dear and close friend to you, my friend. Wow, yeah. And you know, Pete, one of the things that's interesting is from the very beginning when we met, we opened up to each other. I mean, we went deep, <laughs> you know. We did. Within the first 10 minutes of, of our, uh, after we had our, you know, we'd been on radio together and then we got together and had lunch and we just went deep right away. We were just transparent with each other. And it's interesting how similar our backgrounds are. We're talking with Pete O'Shea about, he and I have both experienced severe back injuries and um, we, we, at our last uh, segment, Pete, we kind of left you hanging on the cliff there. God had give you, given you direction uh, to seek out uh, a, a special surgeon who would help uh, bring healing to you. Tell us how you found him. Okay, so uh, again, as we were saying in the vision, God said, go find the man who does it different and, and tell him I sent you. So I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I start searching on the Internet. I'm living in New York at the time, and I find him down here in Florida. Uh, it took a while, but I finally found a minimally invasive arthroscopic spinal surgery with a laser and a camera. So that's got to be him, right? So I sent him an email telling everything that, you know, what was wrong with me. And that I had the vision and that God told me that you're going to give me the surgery and a job as your spokesperson and failure to assist me will lead to your eternal damnation. And I hit send. And two minutes later, he emailed me back and he said, how did you know we were looking for a new spokesperson? We didn't put that job in the paper. There was no way you could have known about it. And I said, well, God told me. So I said, okay. So he said, mail me down your MRIs. Let me take a look. So I did. And he called me the very next day and he said, I, I, I don't know what to do for you. I can't fix this. I, I, don't, I don't know how to do this. I put the laser on the disc and I shrink it like the, 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 the cellophane goes around the meat. The guy does that, the butcher. That's what I do. I can't fix bone. you got a bone that's hanging all the way over to the side. I can't do anything for this. And I start crying and then he's sitting there quiet. And then we're both silent for about oh, two, three minutes of silence. And he finally says to me, and this was the pivotal moment of my life. He says, but I'm not going to go against God. So if he said, I'm supposed to fix you, come on down here and I'll invent something. And if you're willing to share the risk with me, we'll do it together and we'll see what happens. I can't guarantee anything, but I'll invent something. I'll come up with something. Come down here and we'll figure it out. He had that much confidence that God had spoken uh, to him through you. That's phenomenal. Yeah, Yeah, that much confidence. So did I, because I went, I did it. I said, okay, fine. And so I went down to his clinic. And we get there in the clinic, and this was the while. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the look on his face or what he said to me. He said, okay, uh, first of all, you were right not to believe them, not to do that open surgery. They were going to force that vertebrae back in place and put that plate around it and those screws. It would have never held. It would have popped again. You were right not to do that surgery. 
I'm not going to try to do that. He said, I can't do that. I put a little tube in. I put a little camera in and do the surgery. So what I'm going to do is this. He said, I'm going to go to that vertebrae that's hanging over. I'm going to chisel out the bottom of it. And I'm going to scoop up the little pieces of bone right up through the tube, suction them right up. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a channel. And then I'm going to pick the nerve up and I'm going to move it into that channel and it should work. And I said, what do you mean it should work? He said, I told you I never did this before. We got to wing it. Man, I don't know. I, I, it might work. I don't know. I can't, I can't guarantee nothing. <laughs> he says we got to wing it? He says we got to wing it. We got to try it. We'll have to wing it together and see what happens. Oh, man. I said, man. okay, well, when do you want to do this? He goes, let's go right now before we both chicken out. <laughs> wow. And I said, okay. So he literally grabs me by the arm and we start walking back to the OR. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, we start walking right back to the clinic. We're going from the clinic back to the OR. And he says to me as we're walking back, he says, oh, by the way, I can't knock you unconscious for this. I can't, I got to keep you awake a little bit. I'll give you some Versets, some twilight sedation, but I got to keep you awake because if, if I get too close to that nerve and I cut it, you'll never walk again. So you are going to tell me every time I get too close. I said, well, how am I going to tell you? He said, well, you're going to scream your head off and I'll know to back up a little bit. <laughs> Said, that's you know this is hilarious this is such a, a kind of light-hearted thing you're sharing with us i mean pete that's crazy you're walking in into the I back know, we're walking back to the or and he goes it's going to take four hours by the way and you may never walk again right he says we don't know how it's going to turn out we're going to go in there we're going to see what happens it's going to be four hours he says it might be the worst four hours of your life it might be the best four hours of your life i don't know we'll find out let's go so I grabbed the rosary bead, and the two of us started praying. And it was, I'll never forget, too, it was Martin Luther King Day. So I'm trying to make jokes out of that. You know me, I got to make a defense mechanism. I got to start doing jokes. So I start doing, I came to cash a check for back pain. I'm free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. You know, and he's looking at me like I'm nuts. And he's like, just will you shut up? And, and he was surgery. right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. So then uh, we get back there and we start the surgery. And he says, okay, here we go now. I'm going to start. And he starts cutting on that bone, bro. And I'm screaming my head off. It hurt so much. I thought I knew pain before that moment. I mean, again, my book is called Pain Was My Friend because pain was my friend. But, dude, nothing like that that I ever seen in my whole life that much pain. I was screaming, crying, convulsing, sweating, shaking yeah. violently, and he's chiseling away on the bone. I could hear it. I could feel every inch of it. I was in OR1. Afterwards in the post-op, the man in OR3 on the other side of the building said to me, man, you got some lungs. It's a car, it sounds like you're going to a dental office, except for he's operating on your back. You hear the drill going, and exactly, and you, and you smell the smells, and it's like, oh smell my! Smells your bone that he's, you know, you see the smoke coming out of out of the little tube and everything, and he's chiseling away, chiseling away, chiseling away. Two hours, he's doing it, and I'm screaming, and finally, I can't take no more. I literally, my hair is soaking wet. I'm crying. I'm convulsed to the end of my edge, and so I says to the guy, I quit. I can't do no more. I give up. Now, he stops the surgery, and he's on the side of me, and he comes around to the front where my face is, and he starts yelling at me. You got me into this. This was your idea, you and your God story. Now, God put us here. We're going to do it. Now, stop being a big baby. Now, I'm clean enough for you. He didn't call me a baby. But use your own crayons and what he called me. I'm just a Christian show, so I'm not going to tell you what he actually called me. But again, use your own crayons. And he's yelling and screaming at me. And I'm just crying, and I'm telling him, I can't, man. I can't do it no more. Please don't make me do it anymore. And he says, look at me. And I can't even focus my eyes to see him. I my eyes don't focus. That's how much pain I was in. But all of a sudden, I can focus behind him up to the ceiling's tiles, way beyond his head. And when I look up and focus up there, I see Jesus Christ. And he's looking at me. And he's smiling. And he's waving me. Come on. Come on. Just come on. Come on. Come on. So I get all tough. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. You want to keep jamming it? Go ahead. You want to keep cutting all the bone? Go right ahead. I don't care, Doc. And he keeps going. Another two hours. Okay, now, 
He gets enough of the bone chiseled away. Now he says, I got to pick up the nerve and move it into that channel. Now you want to go back to a dentist reference. You've had a root canal. When he touches the nerve, it hurts like hell. Now he's going to pick up the whole nerve and bring it over into this channel. Oh, I felt every inch of that, ball. All right, and it's shooting now. My leg didn't work when I got there. literally did not function. It was half the size as my right leg because all those years, the nerve impulse wasn't sending anything down my legs. All the muscles atrophied. I just dragged it behind me like a useless appendage. And I felt nothing, had no feeling. You could have jumped up and down on my foot. I didn't feel it. In fact, it was a party game. My friends would do it. They would jump up and down. They would would do whatever they could to see if they could get me to feel anything. I want to try that. Yeah, well, different now. It's fixed, see, buddy. So oh, I don't know. okay, I missed out. Then. Okay. Now, they would even take the thing from the fireplace, the poker, and jam it on my foot. Didn't feel nothing. So now I'm feeling it. As he's putting it into the channel, I'm feeling it. It's going down my leg a million miles an hour. It's literally making my knee rattle, right? I'm, I'm like, hold it. And I'm shooting at him. I'm, yell- I'm yelling, Doc, I feel it down the leg. I feel it down the leg. And he finally stops the surgery again. He comes out around front, looks at me again. He goes, I know that you can feel it. I'm the one doing the surgery. Will you shoot? Shut up. It's very distracting. (laughs) 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 And then uh, he finishes. And there was three people in the room, the scrub tech, the nurse, and an x-ray tech. And he turns to them and he says, get out. And they ran so fast. They had had enough of the screaming. They ran (laughs) like like they were in a horror movie. They run. And he walks to the other side of the operating room and he goes, okay, you want the job as the spokesperson? You got to prove to me that leg works. So walk over here. I'm still laying on the table with the pulse ox thing on my finger. I slam the table and I yell at him. I said, how could you be so cruel, man? You know, my leg doesn't work. And he goes, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it works now. Come on. And dude, I slid off that table and I walked both legs working for the first time in a decade. I walked right to him. And then the two of us walked into the post op together and everybody's in there cheering and clapping and screaming. My dad is yelling, look at the leg, look at the leg. It works. And then they sat me down. They gave me an English muffin and some juice. And he starts negotiating with me for the job. I'll pay you this. You're going to do this. I'm like, minutes after the surgery. And then an hour later, he says, okay, you're all better. Go home. I said, what do you mean go home? You just did all this to me. He says, this is ambulance surgery. Go home. See you tomorrow. And I put my own shoes and socks on. And I walked out the front door. And we went to a pizza parlor. And we all just sat there looking at each other going, did that just happen? And that was the moment God came down and literally went, you're healed. You're healed, son. You're healed. Unbelievable. It makes you want to break into tears. I mean, I, I know when, I, when God healed me, um, it was very powerful and dramatic. But when God healed me, my participation was just the fact that I was there and open to it. But he literally made you work for this healing. He, he had you cooperate with his grace. You know, he called you. He told you what he needed for you to do. And you began to walk in faith. And it wasn't just a momentary response, but... It took you days and weeks and months, and then even the doctor needed your cooperation uh, to make this uh, this surgery work. You had to be awake during the surgery and and give him feedback, and then as soon as you're done, he had you get up and walk. And everyone that's listening, this is what God requires of us. God wants a relationship with us. God wants us to cooperate with his grace. Uh, he, he calls, he beckons, he draws, he woos. But God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if Pete hadn't been diligent in his response to God's calling, he he probably wouldn't even be alive today. Uh And his back certainly wouldn't have been healed. So God is calling you to a healing. Maybe it's a physical healing or maybe it's a healing of of an addiction or a a healing of a marriage. But uh, God is always calling you to this. But our responsibility is to respond in trust, in faith, with boldness and with courage. We're talking with Pete O'Shea. 
the author of Pain Was My Friend. You can go to painwasmyfriend.com to uh, purchase the book. And I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. We're going to be uh, right back with my close friend, my dear friend, someone who I, I cherish, uh, Pete O'Shea. You're listening to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, the boldest hour of radio in the history of the world. Be courageous and take your relationship with God to the next level. Check out our website at deepadventure.com. You can sign up for fellow adventurer Bear's weekly email. Go deeper in faith with Deep Virtue Blog. Order Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. And follow Bear as he takes you on a radical adventure through calm tides, monster waves, and the powerful presence of God. At deepadventure.com, you can journey with Bear on his travels, find out how to bring him to your parish or men's conference, and accept the challenge of an intimate relationship with God. Tackle the deepest part of yourself by signing up for our Deep Adventure Quest retreats. The most radical thing you can do is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Next time you visit EWTN.com, be sure to check out the Religious Catalog section. You'll find a wide variety of Catholic products. From Bibles to rosaries, there's something for everyone. And you can order online. It's easy, safe, and secure. Shop the Religious Catalog 24 hours a day at EWTN.com. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha, and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. We've had an amazing, almost excruciating uh, first part of our Deep Adventure Radio show with my guest, Pete O'Shea, describing really how God miraculously uh, moved in his life for his back to be healed. And it wasn't like a a momentary prayer that like what happened with me when mine was miraculously healed. It really qu- it required him to dig deep in his gut and to respond uh, step by step as God led him and called him and challenged him to take the steps necessary to find the surgeon and then have the surgery itself. So, uh, you know, it's just so, and I love this man so much. I'm just so grateful that you're healed. But this kind of is, is, is uh, the sense that I have from this is, this is when people have heard this story, um, there may be those who, are hurting in their lives, or those who, who really have never had this sort of personal encounter with Jesus. Um, and I know, Pete, also, that you have this group of uh, comedians. What, do you, what is, the, what is the, this band of comedians you have? We're called the Christian Comedy Tour, and we do comedy shows in churches, Bo. We stand on the altar of the church and do jokes, you know, and just like you'd hear in a nightclub, except no bad words in them and, and no meanness to it. And we raise money for uh, worthwhile causes. We recently did a show, and the woman, that it was a young lady actually, 23 years old, who has put it all together, and she was the reason that we raised the money. She took the money and she went to Thailand and she bought 11 girls that were gonna be sold into sex slavery and she was able to get them safe out of there. So I told a couple of jokes on the altar and 11 people didn't have to go into sex slavery because of that. Go ahead and try and beat that with a stick. You Wait. flat out ain't gonna. And Pete, you know, you do this all around Florida, but you're also open to, to traveling all around the country uh, to do your show. Okay, so I want to ask you, please, just, I, I'm not good at, uh, I, I don't know how to be your straight man, but let us have it. Give us some of that Pete O'Shea ma- magic. <laughs> okay, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, dude, today I did something I had never done before in my whole life. I, I went horseback riding just before we got on the air with each other. It was great. I had, well, not, maybe not so great. Two seconds into the ride, the horse flings me, and my foot got stuck in the rope or the rein. You know what do you call those things? I and think they're called stirrups. Around. 
yeah, well, whatever. I was getting spun around and around and around and around in a circle. And uh, if that manager of the Walmart hadn't come out and unplugged that thing. That, that, that's, 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 you know, I, I got to say, I, that's why I never get on those things. They, they look dangerous to me. They are dangerous. They are. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a blessing to do what I get to do. Like you said, I'm a Christian talk show host at a, at a radio station here in Tampa, St. Pete. I get to do two daily shows about Jesus Christ, although my show is going to be moving now to 3 to 6 p.m., the Pete O'Shea show. But I tell this story, and it's actually a true story. My parents, God bless them, are still alive today. They live in Boca Raton, Florida, which is God's waiting room. And they've become the Costanzas from Seinfeld. Did you ever used to watch that show, Seinfeld? They've become, they yell and scream everything. God bless them. They fight about which one is sicker than the other and who has more illnesses, who has, who's big, whose bag of pills is heavier. And so uh, I was over there the other day because I lived there. And um, uh, my dad gets a phone call from the doctor, and he was all excited. He was pumped turns to my mother afterwards. He says, you're not catching this one, Elaine. I got you beat now. You're never going to be able to get me on this one. I got an enlarged prostate, and you, I win. And he meant it. He was serious. God bless him. So anyways, uh, we told them, my parents, that they could listen to me. And only anybody can. Live on our website. We stream the show. So anywhere in the world, 34 countries listen. Thousands of people listen every day. You go to WTIS1110.com. So we told my parents they could do this. And my dad calls me three days later. And he says, hey, I listen every day. But your mother, she's not listening. Really? So we call her live on the air, bud. Get my mother on the phone <laughs> to find out why she's not listening to the show, okay? Now, this was a huge mistake. We even told her she was going on the air, right? So I says to her, hey, Ma, you know, Daddy says you're not listening to me on the radio. What's up with that? And she says to me, walk a Texas Rangers on at the same time. I can't miss an episode. Sorry, son, you're out. Well, that's understandable, though, Pete. Yeah, I'm like, what about the DVR? I can't work that Fakakta thing. Don't ask me to use that. I don't know what I'm doing with that thing. I'm sorry, son, you're out. Now, I turn into a four-year-old live on the air. I'm going, but mommy, I'm your son. How could you do that to me? Uh, Chuck Norris is your son, not me. And she says, can you round kick? I said, Ma, you know me my whole life. I'll pull a muscle just thinking about you. She says, well, he does it. It's fascinating. He spins all the way around 360. He doesn't break a sweat. The hat doesn't even move. It's phenomenal. She says, in fact, he's kicking right now. Why do you bother me for? And she hung up on me on live radio. Devastating. That's a true story. It's devastating. Hey, I- <laughs> Pete, I was just at Walker, Texas Rangers uh, Museum two weeks ago. Were you really? Yeah, I was in Waco, Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I got to go in and see there. And I saw the, I saw this mannequin with his clothes on it in the shape of a round kick. And, you know, the thought hit me when I saw this, because, you know, it's in this incredible arc, that it, Pete O'Shea could never do that. Oh. Ooh. I, would, I pulled a muscle the other day. It turns out it was yours. And so. Uh... <laughs> How did you know? I ripped, I, I a, I ripped a muscle about a month ago. So, Pete, but but uh, t- 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 challenge uh, or invite some of our our listeners in a way only you could do. Some who may have not have had a personal encounter with Jesus yet. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say to them that religion is wonderful and I love religion but relationship with him is really what it's all about and you need to communicate with him you need to talk to him I talk to God all day every day now and and even when I'm mad I'll go to him and say hey you know you did this so whatever why aren't you helping me and he'll laugh at me and he'll calm me down he'll let me run my way through it all And, and he's my best friend and he's my mentor and he's my father and he's my protector and I learned a long time ago that uh, without him I'm nothing with him I'm everything And so when you get that healing like I got, it's incumbent upon you to go back for the rest and tell them about him and what he did for me. He healed me. The doctor may have been the instrument thereof, but he did it. He healed me. 
and he's healing me since. It took a long time afterwards to heal the emotional and spiritual components of all that, even after the back was healed. And so it was a long evolutionary process. And through that, the relationship with him grows and it deepens and you get this understanding of who he is. And he talks to me now out loud. I hear a voice. Now, granted, it sounds exactly like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, but that's not the point. Okay. <laughs> you don't really hear. Don't, don't confuse the issue. You don't really. No, you're right. I'm kidding. But, of course, uh, you know, I'm kidding. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if you were hearing voices, you know, knowing you. But No, but but I do hear him, okay? You and have that sense of his voice, yeah. And you hear him in your heart, and you hear him in Scripture, and you hear him when a total stranger comes up to you and all of a sudden seems to know something about your life that there's no way they could have known. That's God speaking to you and trying to help you and being there for you. The other day I shouted out, Jesus, and I heard him say, what are you screaming for? I'm standing right here. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, beautiful. You know, the, you, your response is very, reminds me of Mother Angelica uh, in, her, in the way she... Um, she well, uh, people confuse us all the time. We look alike. <laughs> that's an insult to Mother Angelica. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> no, I mean, we, God is inviting us to have a very real relationship with him. Not, not pseudo-spiritual, but just a real relationship. You know, I know I do my, my walks on the beach and... and and I'll do my liturgy of the hours, but then there just comes this point where I kind of sense a feeling of liftoff, and then I just, I just say, God, you know uh, what I don't know. You know what's going on here, and I need your help. Um, yeah. So we're talking with my good friend, Pete O'Shea. He's the, the host of, uh, on Inspiration Radio, the Pete O'Shea Show. And you can't say that very fast, right? Or you get all mixed up. And he's okay. written this beautiful book, uh, Pain Was My Friend. I guess you were talking about me. I'm not sure. Because uh, I know you always consider me a real pain. Uh, you're, but you're also a real friend. So but, you got that going for you. <laughs> so painwasmyfriend.com is where you can order this great book by my, my good friend Pete O'Shea. Uh, Pete, thanks for being on the show. Dude, I really appreciate you. I love you to you know, and pain was my friend. He ain't no more. And just to give you real fast, in the first half of the book, pain's a person that I blame everything on. I didn't take the drugs or the alcohol. Pain made me like the kid who teaches you how to play with matches. But in the end, I come clean and I say, okay, in the end, I had a cow in the corner and Jesus beat the devil for me and I'm alive today well, because of that. Will you sign off like you normally do on your show? You better believe I will. My name is Pete O'Shea. I'm a lowly sinner, a child of God, and I mean this more than you know, more than I can ever properly articulate. I love you and I love Jesus. Amen. This is Bear Wozniak, your adventure guide. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Thanks, Pete. You got it, buddy. I love you. I love you too. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. Hi, this is Doug Barry from BattleReadyStrong.com with Deep Adventures Surf's Up segment. You know, anybody who's been involved in martial arts or self-defense knows that if you're going to be in the middle of a conflict, you're going to be in the middle of that, that confrontation, you have to have a good base to stand on. You have to have that so-called 80-20 split of the legs where you get about 80% of the back legs, 20 in the front, or as the Marine Corps may call it, that standard operating warrior stance. Anybody knows that without that warrior stance, you get hit hard up high, you're going to get knocked on your backside, and you don't want that to happen. So you got to have that base, and you got to train that base. you also got to train those arms, get them up. you got to protect the eyes, the throat, the chest, the heart. you got to protect to make sure nothing comes flying in and knocks you silly by, by hitting you upside the head or, or going for your throat or for your face or for your heart, for your lungs. So you keep those arms up, and you block, and you guard, you protect. Well, it's pretty similar when it comes to the spiritual life. You've got to have that good base to stand on. One leg, you could say very simply, is is the Word of God. The other leg, the teachings of the faith. You have to have that stance to stand on so you don't get knocked over in the spiritual conflict. Right, the devil's going to come at us. The world, the flesh, the devil, these attacks are going to try to take us out, knock us flat on our backside. You have to know the Word of God, know the teachings of the faith in order to not get knocked over. You also got to guard and protect. 
keep the arms up. Protect your heart. Protect the ability to breathe, your spiritual breathing and your spiritual eyesight, your spiritual hearing. So you've got to protect the head, the throat, the chest, the lungs. And you do that with your arms. What are your arms? Prayer. Sacraments. One arm is prayer. One arm is sacraments. You always keep them up. And you never drop the guard. We need to know always that the enemy we face is an enemy that has been observing us for thousands of years and knows our weaknesses. First Peter 5, 8, the devil roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stay alert. Be watchful. Keep a good base. The Word of God, the teachings of faith. Keep the arms up. Guard yourself with prayer and sacraments always. This has been your deep adventure. Surf's up today. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. A little over a year ago, we made a promise to provide global coverage of the news from a Catholic point of view. Since then, we've kept that promise. From our ever-growing presence at the White House and on Capitol Hill, to our daily reports at the Vatican, we continue to find stories of faith and hope and cover tragedy and human suffering with empathy and compassion. Tackling the topics others don't. Asking the questions other networks won't. We're with Pope Francis as he travels the world and every step of the way at home. We don't just broadcast the news five nights a week. We deliver the truth. EWTN News Nightly. Watch it every weeknight at 6 Eastern on EWTN. Or listen to an encore broadcast at 9 Eastern right here on EWTN Radio. EWTN News Nightly. Global coverage. Catholic Perspective. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I mean, you need an adventure guide if you're going to step out of your comfort zone and into the danger zone of God's will for your life. I mean, God's will is for you to be bold and to slay dragons and to take on the giants of the world. And we do that through prayer. We do that through our actions. We do that through reaching out to people and actually sharing with them the gospel. But how can you do that if you're not properly formed? I really encourage you. Everyone here should be reading through the catechism, I think, once a year. I read one chapter, one, I mean, one page a day of the Catholic catechism as part of just my daily prayer life. It's just so great to be grounded in solid Catholic teaching. Uh, you can come to our website and you can, deepadventure.com, and you can share uh, our archive radio shows with your friends. You can buy my best-selling, award-winning book, uh, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. And there's other things there that you can get uh, for yourself or to share. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to our newsletter. You can leave a voice message for us if you click on the little microphone, and you can help us financially, which we appreciate. You can like us at Deep Adventure Ministries on uh, Facebook. So we enjoy having you as part of our Deep Adventure Ohana, and we look forward to next week. Until next week, this is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. May the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Aloha. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.